we can see this a lot right now find an enemy to blame so like we we feel like there's something we can fight that at least we're we're putting up a fight and doing something about these fears or we could just stick our head in the sand and say i've got faith over fear and i'm gonna be okay but you know these things don't work right they haven't worked yet have they see there's a better way there, there's a way that has allowed millions of people for thousands of years to live lives of peace endurance and hope Hello. Welcome to hello. Together. This is a quick hello. For Salem. We are hosting your online church content from Cross Creek Community Church. This is episode 77. Or something. You can. You probably got Part that. two. And we're just excited to get underway with the next set of You Can messages. So let's do it. And we're going to come back on the other side. Yep. With some stuff. That's right. Also, sub podcasters. Something you may not know about me is I tend to worry a lot. Like, there's a lot of things I tend to fear. So our kids are in school now. All three of our kids are in school for the very first time, and they're in a new school. And I think it was harder for me to send them to school than for them to actually go to a new school and be the new kid. Uh, there's a lot of things I worry about, actually. Like, this whole Cross Creek Church thing, you know, we've been going four years pretty pretty well. We've had a good run, so that probably means, in my thinking, that it's probably going to fall apart soon, right? Like, I have I have these worries, and then I hear about other churches that close, and that kind of just like, oh, is are we next? That type of thing. Or I'll worry that maybe I'm not doing enough, I'm not working hard enough, or especially now, during this fun COVID time, are we, as a leadership team, making the right decisions? And I, and I worry about these things. I have fears. Even even money is a can be a fear of mine. I mean, this top, let's face it, this isn't the most lucrative career in the world. And you can judge me if you want, but you know what? The truth is, you're afraid too. In fact, <laughs> we all are, right? Maybe it's maybe it's finances or or debt. Maybe it's you you worry about your work whether you're you're in the home working or you're or you're out doing a career or that type of thing you worry about relationships whether whether you'll have one or or your relationship you have now maybe you worry about your health you you, you fear about getting sick or or what you don't know that might be happening in your body you know or maybe your worry lately is like the condition of our country or or our society or even where the world is going right now. And I think for a lot of people, a lot of us, there's this worry, this fear that we're not gonna get where we want to in life. We have these hopes and dreams, but it, it's really not looking like it's gonna turn out that way, is it? We might not be able to achieve really anything that we think matters. See, and I know this isn't a, a big upper right now, but every part of our life gives us something to fear. If you think about it, think of any aspect of your life, there's something in there that you can fear. 
And it's really this fear thing is really only getting worse. In fact, Gen Z has been kind of described by, by some people as, as the generation of fear that they delay adulthood because they're afraid of responsibility. They're, they don't get their driver's licenses. They, they don't want to move out of their house. They need their parents to help them pick college classes, that type of thing, because they're afraid of making the wrong choice. And if you think about this, see, fear really is, fear is the driving force behind many of our decisions. It's true for me, and it's probably true for you, I would think. Like, think about it, how we vote often is influenced by what we fear. We're afraid of maybe where the country is headed or where it could head, and so we don't vote for the person we like. We, we vote against where we think the country shouldn't go, right? And more often than not, fear leads us to make choices that we regret. A lot of the choices we regret were made because of fear. Like how we use money, the money choices that we regret probably come out of a fear of not being as happy as you deserve. And so you choose to buy what you can't afford and that creates debt. Your fear created debt. Or even what we do with our time, right? We fill up our time so much that, so that we don't miss out on experiences or our kids don't miss out on experiences. And as a result, we're exhausted. We're we're stressed out, all because we were afraid of missing out in our relationships. If we let fear drive our relationships, we can either push people away because we're afraid of getting hurt, or we, we stay in unhealthy relationships, or we get into unhealthy relationships because we're afraid that you know we'll, we'll always be alone. We, we, don't, we'll, we won't ever find anybody, so we, we go into these unhealthy relationships. And maybe you're you're pushing back a little bit right now. Like, I'm not, I'm not fearful. Like you don't know me, guy on the screen. Like I'm not fearful. I just I just have some worries. Oh, I hate to tell you this, but worry, it's just a fancy word for fear, right? Dismissing fears doesn't eliminate fear. Just because we ignore our fears or say, oh, that's not a big deal, doesn't actually eliminate the fact that we have fear. In us. And when, when people say, oh, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be afraid about that, or you don't, you don't need to feel that way, just, just have faith over fear. Not really how feelings work, is it? Not, it's not very helpful. And the truth is, the world is a dangerous place. Many of our fears are truly legitimate fears. It's not a safe world to be in. And so what do we do about this fear? And we're, we're often told, and maybe you've heard this, maybe you live by this, that you know you need to trust in yourself. You need to rely on yourself. Or, or Henley's poem, Invictus, right? We are the masters of our fate. I had to look that poem up too. Don't think I know poetry. But what does that actually produce when we feel like we are the masters of our fate? It doesn't create confidence. It creates anxiety, exhaustion, depression. It creates fear. Why? Because we know we aren't actually that great. We aren't actually that powerful. We can't control very much at all. See, fear comes from trying to control our lives and knowing that we can't. We feel like we only have really a few choices when it comes to this fear. We can, we can just ignore the fact that we don't have any control and, and work ourselves to death just in case we're that one human to finally figure out how to control our lives. Or we can, we can self-medicate, right? To numb our fear, to numb the pain from our bad decisions. 
we can see this a lot right now find an enemy to blame so like we we feel like there's something we can fight that at least we're we're putting up a fight and doing something about these fears or we could just stick our head in the sand and say i've got faith over fear and i'm gonna be okay but you know these things don't work right they haven't worked yet have they see there's a better way There's a way that has allowed millions of people for thousands of years to live lives of peace, endurance, and hope, despite whatever their immediate circumstances are. A person who really knew the the, uh, experience of having overwhelming fear was the Apostle Peter. He's the guy that, you know, when Jesus was walking on the water, Peter's like, Jesus, I want to try it too. And then he walks on the water and he gets scared and he starts sinking and Jesus saves him, right? Peter's the guy who, when Jesus was arrested, was feeling like, okay, it all depends on me. And now it's time to, to start the revolution. And he pulls out a sword and cuts a guy's ear off because he wasn't that good of an aim. And, and he's the guy who, a few hours after that, deserted Jesus because he was so fearful. He understood what it was like to experience overwhelming fear. He wrote a letter before his death in Rome around 65 AD, and he had learned a few things about life. He had learned a few things by following Jesus his whole life. And so in this letter, he he explains who Jesus' followers really are and what it means to to follow and, and how to live in the way of Jesus. And by looking at this letter, we can actually discover who we can be, who you can be because of Jesus. And in this letter, he shows us the better way to deal with fear. And it's this. You can eliminate fear by choosing to confidently trust in Jesus. And here's what he says. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. I know we're kind of jumping into the middle of this conversation that he's having. But he says, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And it's kind of the opposite of what we've been told our whole lives, right? But the opposite of what, what we grew up with in, in this culture. See, in, Peter says, instead of relying on ourselves, instead of trusting in myself, he says that we need to humble ourselves. If we want to get rid of fear, we need to humble ourselves. The truth is, it doesn't all depend on you. I mean, you are not that important. You are not that smart that powerful or that talented to have to control and understand the ins and outs of your entire life. I mean, I'm I'm sorry to tell you that, but I think you kind of know it already, right? And as Jesus said, does worrying about anything at all actually add a single moment to your life? See, you are not in control of most of the circumstances of your life. We're not. We aren't in control of most of the things that happen to us. And obviously, you know, the choices we make make a difference. And we do have free will. And I'm not getting all fatalistic here, but most of what happens to us, most of what comes at us is beyond our control. And it might seem counterintuitive, especially if you're used to being that self-reliant and independent person. But admitting we aren't in control of our lives relieves the burden of trying to control our lives you can stop trying to control everything. But, and I admit this, just admitting we aren't in control doesn't really like make everything better all of a sudden and, and make the fear go away, does it? But Peter didn't stop there, did he? 
He said how, he told us how we humble ourselves. How do we humble ourselves? Under the mighty power of God. What that means is we say he is God and I am not. I am not in control, but he is. See, think about it. If there is a God, and I believe Jesus proved that there is a God because he showed us who God is. He showed us that he can raise himself from the dead. So if there is a God, then he is more powerful than anything that can be thrown at us. He is the creator of time. He is outside of time and can control time. He is the designer and the creator of the entire universe. He is more than powerful enough to handle your life. He is more than powerful enough to handle even your future. See, he does a far better job at mastering our fate than we can. So admitting we aren't in control allows us to acknowledge God's control. It's a much better trade than saying, well, I got to control it. You can't. So admitting that you can't allows you, frees you to accept that God is in control. And again, we can know all the facts. We can even believe all the right things and still constantly be cowering in fear. I mean, you might say, yeah, okay, I can't control very much. Got it. And God is in control. But if you think about it, that doesn't always help with our fear, does it? See, for me, when, when Liz, my wife, was, was pregnant, I always had this fear that something was going to happen either to her or, or to the babies or to both of them. Because for some reason, I had this fear that, you know, God's in control of everything and, you know, he's going to let something happen to, the, to my family so that I have, so I can be a better pastor and I can minister to people better because I got to go through these hard things. So I was constantly afraid of when the hard thing was going to come that would make me a good, a good pastor. See, the thing is, God allows terrible things to happen to people, to good people. Why should any of this fact that we aren't in control and he is really keep us from being afraid anyway? Well, we need to understand one very, very important thing. Something that we've either forgotten or we never truly believed. Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? For he cares about you. He cares about you. The key to overcoming fear is trusting that God cares for you. And the way Peter phrased that, that cares for you, it's a constant, ongoing, unending care. Think about that. God cares for you. Four very simple words, but it's one of the most powerful, life-changing, often hard-to-believe phrases in human history. So, God cares for me. Will, will hurt still come? Yeah. Will we still maybe experience indescribable pain? Yeah, we will. But God doesn't hurt us just to hurt us. He cares about us. Does he cause these things to happen to us or does he just allow them? I don't know that in and out of it. But I do know that pain does happen, but he doesn't waste our pain. 
he redeems it. He makes it mean something. It's never a waste in the things that we have to go through. See, it's not just pointless pain when God is caring for you. He cares for you. But still, again, we can believe he cares for us, but not actually live it out. We can believe it, but not and not do anything with it. See, we need to choose to do something with our fear. And so because God cares for us so deeply, Peter says to give, another, another translation says to cast our worries, our cares, our fears to God, to cast, like to deliberately throw. That word is, is purpose, to, to choose to throw our fears to him, a conscious choice, because we trust that he cares enough to care about and do something about the things that we fear. Trusting our fears to God is a conscious and deliberate choice. So how do we actually do this? Like these are these are good truths, but how do we make it happen today? How do we make it happen tomorrow when that fear comes back? See, sometimes first, sometimes we have to take a big step and then the little steps will follow. And so the big step, the big question really is, have you personally, you watching, listening, have you accepted that, that God doesn't hate you? That God isn't even disinterested in you or disinterested in what happens to you, but he actually deliberately, constantly cares for you, is caring for you, cares about you. That he, have you accepted that he cares enough for you to die for you? See, Jesus said he would die and rise again to give us new life, a new life of freedom, of forgiveness, of acceptance. And eyewitnesses tells us, tell us that he actually did it. He said he would die and rise again, and then he did. And that he offers that new life to us if we just choose to trust him with our life now and forever. The truth is, the historical proven truth is, Jesus cares for you. He died for you. He rose for you, and he invites you to a new life. Choosing to trust Jesus with our forever frees us to trust him with our now. But we have to first make that big step of choosing to trust him with our forever, with our entire life, and then we can learn to trust him with the things that are happening day to day. So if there's never been a specific moment where you said, Jesus, I want to trust you with my forever. I want to follow you. I want to, I want to grow in you. I want to have this relationship with you. Then you can tell him right now. Just tell him what, that you want that. And so we take that big step. And then we learn to continue making the smaller steps of trust. Because choosing to trust takes practice. So how do we practice that? How do we practice choosing to trust? I got four steps for you. First, ask. Ask, what are you actually afraid of? What am I'm, I'm feeling fear? What am I actually afraid of? Is, is what I'm afraid of worth my emotional energy? Is it, is it worth my time? What am I afraid of? It shows us what is causing the fear. Maybe what the root of the fear is. Maybe what we think we're fearing isn't actually the cause of it, right? And maybe if we research and we search ourselves, maybe it might... Our, our solution might just, we need to put down our phone. We need to stop scrolling social media. Maybe we need to turn off the news a little bit more often. So we ask, what's causing this? And then ask, is there anything I can do about this fear? I'm afraid of this. Is there anything I can actually do? 
what are you able to do about it? Is it something that you can control or not? And if it is, then you, then you act. We'll talk about that. So you ask and then you pray. Why pray? Well, because the Apostle Paul told us this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Don't worry about anything. John, you're saying having anxiety is a sin? No. We're not talking about sin here at all. And I'm talking differently about fear and clinical anxiety. We're not, so we're not talking about that. And so then the question is, he says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Is that, is that even possible? Well, the worry, the anxiety that he's talking about, it, the translation is a divided mind. Somebody who's, who's unsettled or, or confused or torn or conflicted. Basically, the root is this. Does God really care about me or not? You don't, he's saying, don't be double-minded about that. Does he care about you or not? He says, do not be afraid. Instead, instead, in everything, whether it's big or small, talk to God about it. Tell him your fear. He already knows, but he wants to help you with it. He, want, he wants to be a part of it with you. So tell him what you're afraid of. Remember, we need to admit that we're not in control. Admit that we are afraid. It's the first step in this process. But if we stop there saying, God, I'm scared of this. God, help me. Help me. Oh my gosh, this is so big, God. I don't know what I'm going to do. Die, oh my goodness. Help me, please. Oh no, this is hard. We, what happens when we do that is we fall into what we call the pit of despair. Where am I? The pit of despair. Don't even think. <coughs> don't even think about trying to escape. The chains are far too thick. And don't dream of being rescued either. The only way in is secret. Only the Prince of the Count and I know how to get in and out. Then I'm here till I die? And that's why Paul says, thank him. Let him know what you're afraid of. Ask, ask him to help you, but also thank him. Thank him that he cares for you. Thank him that he cares enough about you to listen to you. When we thank him, it reminds us who is actually in charge and that he has already cared for us before. It shows, again, that we can trust him. And then as you're praying, ask him to care for you again. And to help you see and do what you can. And then act on what he shows you. So the next step is act. Do your part. See, we're not just talking about, you know, just be happy, pappy, ignore what's going on in the world because God's got this. No, we have a role to play in our lives too. Like, for example, if you're worried about money, don't just be like, God, give me more money and then just like, you know, sit at home. Now, if you're worried about money, then first, yes, pray to God and talk to him about it. But also take real Take a real look at your finances. Take a real look at where that money that you do have is going. Look at your expenses and then eliminate waste. And then find a way, this might be counterintuitive, we'll talk about this later, but then find a way to be generous. Because really, money, if, you're, if you have a problem trusting God, money is one of the best ways to practice trust. You say, God, I'm, I'm worried about money and you want me to be generous? You want to, me to love other people with what you have given me? So I'm going to choose to be generous. So that means I am trusting you, God, that you will take care of my future needs while I am being generous. And people who are consistently generous are consistently at peace. But maybe your worry isn't really money. It's, it's the trajectory of society. 
So do something, volunteer somewhere. Start by helping just one person and then see what happens. Or maybe you fear feeling alone. Reach out, join a connect group, join an alliance, get to know people. Maybe you're worried your fear is about your kids or your grandkids. So pray for them, absolutely. But also spend time with them. Actively and actually listen to them and love them, maybe over a meal. Kids tend to like to eat. So with all of this, a motto that I think is good to live by, something I've tried to live by, is do your best and trust Jesus with the rest. I know it's cute. That's not why you can remember it. Do your best and trust Jesus with the rest. And that trust will free you for this last part. Live. Live the life. Rest in the fact that God cares for you and you are now free to live the life he has given you. You don't have to cower in fear. You can enjoy the life he's given you. And that allows you to embrace that you are now free to live a life of loving others. If you don't have to worry about yourself, you are now free to love others. See, confidently trusting Jesus empowers us to authentically connect with others, which is what we will talk about in the next episode. Now, I want to give you something that's helped me in the past two years, really the last four years, a prayer, that, a prayer that's really helped me sleep at night. And it's this. It's simple. I say, Jesus, I'm worried about this. I've done what I can. Show me tomorrow if I've missed anything. Thank you for loving me. It's your problem now. Good night. See, we can think of that he loves us and he listens because it's, it's his problem, really. He's the one in control. And so we can just relax and go to sleep because worrying about it is not going to do anything. It's your problem now. Thank you for loving me. Good night. Now, if you're kind of wondering, okay, well, what are my fears? Where am I at? We have a very easy self-assessment for you. You can go to this link if you're watching, or you can check out our show notes if you're listening. But basically, the question is this. On a scale of 1 to 10, am I trusting Jesus with every part of my life? And maybe that'll help show some different aspects or parts of your life that you could use a little bit more trust in. And when you do find those, we have, again, in the show notes or this link, the resources we have for our alliances that talk about confidently trusting. There's some resources there that can help you learn to confidently trust. Because really, nobody promised our lives would be easy. In fact, Jesus promised the opposite. He said life won't be easy. And this is a dangerous world. We're not going to make it out alive. Choosing to live in confident trust is not easy. And honestly, not everyone will understand. See, people will want you to freak out with them. They'll, they'll want you to get upset about what they are upset about. They're going to want you to share their desperation. They're going to tell you you need to, you need to make a stand or, or make different choices about the things that, that they're worried about. They're going to tell you that you need to band with others who share the same fears so that you can you know, defend your perceived causes here. But when we choose to confidently trust Jesus, when we do our best and trust Jesus with the rest, we can have peace knowing he is in control. Have peace knowing he will lead us to play our part, the, play, the part he has for us to play. We don't have to cower in fear. We don't have to stick our heads in the sand. We don't have to try to distract and numb ourselves in a pointless pursuit to ignore the dangers and pain of this world. We don't have to constantly try to control what is impossible to control. We can have peace, hope, and joy. And you 
can live a life of purpose, meaning, and happiness, no matter what is thrown at you. You aren't in control. Jesus is. You can confidently trust him because he cares for you. And you know that he will never leave you. He will always be with you, no matter what life or the world brings your way. Awesome. Thanks, John. Hey, you know what, Monica? What, Aaron? You're not in charge. Jesus is. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I always need that reminder. So do I. Yeah, that's great. Confident trusting with some definite, clear ways to practice that. That's right. In the next coming weeks. Mm -hmm. So don't forget to check out the Alliance resources. They're in the show notes or on the website. It's yourcrosscreek.com slash alliance. And... We have an in-person gathering yes, this weekend. We do. I, you looked at me expectantly. Well, I'm just counting things off. Oh, good. Number two. Yes. If uh, you can't see me on the screen. Mm -hmm. We're excited about our new location. Yes. If you haven't heard, if you haven't been on the socials meets, uh, podcasters and YouTubers, uh, we are um, at a different location, a mm -hmm. new location, uh, starting this weekend on Sunday. That's right. And second and fourth Sundays therein. Right. That's the same. Yes. Yeah. For now. Right. So if you're a living in a sale, if you're a living in Salem, Oregon, <laughs> you're living in the Salem area, or in surrounding area, mm -hmm. we would love to see you in person at one of our on-site gatherings. You want to say two two things about them or three things about them? One, they will be awesome. Yes. Okay. Good. I think I mean that's the main point. Okay, cool. Yeah. The purpose of them is just if you're watching online or listening online, mm -hmm. um, you're interested in finding out more, maybe meeting the people behind the scenes or um, in the real life, yep. uh, those gatherings are a great place to do that. It's not a place necessarily for a teaching, that's what this is for. Right. And, uh, but it is a place to gather, to sing, to eat, we'll take communion, mm -hmm. uh, we'll enjoy each other. So it's a bigger group safe place to check us out and to say hello that's right yeah well done purpose statement check check uh other things you should know about are you can oh three you can three. donate online we always appreciate um your generous gifts um we use those we need those and we thank you for those mm -hmm. there's kids content online check that out easy to find great for kids uh helps them get to know their friend jesus um and the last thing is oh man i had it and then you were counting and it distracted me Oh, negative one. I have it. You have it. Yes. Back up to five. September for Samanka Place. We are gathering yes. laundry detergent, flip flops, copy paper, and beef or pork roasts frozen. We're collecting those at our in-person gathering. But if you want to find a way to get those to us or to Samanka Place in the next coming weeks, we can hook you up. Mm -hmm. So please let us know. Uh, you can also donate to Samanka Place directly. Right. Yeah. But we want to be for our neighbor, for Salem. In October, we'll have a new opportunity for you. So be sure to check out our webpage or social media and find out more about those. Mm -hmm. That's it. I believe so. Yes. Except for these questions. Okay. What are you going to do? Because I yes. will just talk the whole time. You won't. Actually, what is that actually? But, but, but guys! <laughs> What's going on? What happened?
I threw myself off. Okay. <laughs> no, but, but guys. <laughs> uh, okay. 